0: Will the owner of an Ecto-1 please come to the front desk? That's the owner of an Ecto-1, an old converted white ambulance with a lot of crazy crap on the roof and a siren that goes... Things have gotten strange since your vehicle arrived with a lot of unexplained phenomenon occurring, so we're having your car removed because we don't know who to call. Thank you. Welcome to Cat Noir. Season 2, written and performed by Matt Sanders and Kevin Childers.
1: This week's episode has been censored by Mary Whitehouse. I've been out walking this morning. Where does the time go? One minute I'm passing the chip shop on Yesterday Road or navigating the zebra crossing near the History Museum before I find myself outside Future Radio FM. I guess ignorance is bliss. I'm never watching. It's 2561. And I am watching, just to make that clear.
0: Will the owner of a turquoise van with the words mystery machine please come to the front desk, that's the owner of a turquoise van. Similarly to a previous incident we had here, your vehicle seems to be the source of a large number of paranormal activity, though in your case the phenomenon seems to relate to a disgruntled middle aged caretaker, please will you move your vehicle, thank you.
1: listening to Digging Deeper. I'm Dale Allen. Tonight I'm joined by a man whose life story was reportedly the inspiration for a worldwide phenomenon and a series of best-selling movies, cartoons, toys, games and television. But just who is the man behind the myth? Let's dig deeper and find out. Good evening, sir. Welcome to the show.
0: How do you do? I am Tristan Formaldehyde. I used to live in Kings Lynn, but now no longer do. That's an odd way to introduce yourself. Uh, why are you here? Well, my life is a cacophony of richly involved and deeply detailed events transpiring over a myriad of timeframes. Any chance you could skip to the interesting parts? Let's see. I once saw a badger.
2: Hmm.
1: Anything more interesting than that?
0: Well, I thought for a few years I understood algebra until I realised I don't. Algebra? And then there was the time a hot air balloon went past. Hmm.
1: Mr Formaldehyde, the producers of this show assured me that you had a story the world simply needs to hear. That events in your life have led to a plethora of international brandings and franchises that have successfully continued to make money over the years with no sign of stopping. That there is something so unique about you that a chance to interview you would be, and I quote,
0: journalistic gold. I suspect you're talking about my leg. Your leg. Yes. Not the left leg, of course. Although perfectly sufficient to meet my day-to-day requirements, it's really no more than adequate. Mm Mm-hmm. And the right one? Well, my right leg does come with the added advantage of turning into a microwave oven whenever it's necessary to heat food or beverages. Your leg
1: turns into a microwave?
0: Yes, it does have its uses. Although, I do need to sit near an electrical socket once the transformation is complete, as I am required to plug in in order to get appropriate levels of power. Mr Formaldehyde, are you telling
1: me that you're part transformer?
0: Well, I try not to use the T-word, Dale. There's been a lengthy and costly court case about it all. Why? Ever since I discovered my right leg's ability, people have teased and joked and discriminated. And when I learned of the Transformers' popularity, an entire media franchise all profiting from an affliction that affects me and my entire family, well, I decided to put things right. So we went to court. The case only ended last week. And what was the verdict? Dale, as the judge put it, since the Transformers trend originated in 1984, whereas I wasn't born until 1996... Quite simply, I didn't have a microwave to stand on. So let me get this right. Even though you've got a leg that can turn into a microwave,
1: you're not the inspiration behind the vastly successful Transformers phenomenon.
0: No, Dale. Perhaps I should have declared that to the producers before we began the interview. I wish you would have
1: done. Hang on, did you say affliction that affects you and your entire family?
0: My sister has a coffee machine in her left elbow. She's awfully chatty. I see. Would you like to see me turn my leg into a microwave oven? I'm a bit wary, to be honest. Are you going to explode? That seems a little unlikely. You'd be surprised. Not as surprised as you're going to be, Dale. Watch this. As you can see, my right leg is now a fully operational 850-watt microwave oven with standard UK three-pin plug.
1: I'm just happy that you're still alive.
0: I'll just need to get closer to the wall in order to plug it in. Now I'll just set a 30 second timer on the display. Shouldn't you actually put something in the microwave before you press start? I'm confident that M2 should be sufficient enough for the purposes of a demonstration, Dale.
1: Well, that is a pleasant surprise. Your transformer microwave leg actually seems to microwave.
0: Of course it does, Dale. You worry too much. You need to relax a little.
1: This brings us to the end of this week's Digging Deeper. I'm Dale Allen. I'm just going to make a quick phone call to Mr. Formaldehyde's sister. Good night. Probably not the best time to ask, but can someone get me a hot cup of tea?
0: Are you tired of looking out of your window at the same boring garden? Then close your curtains. Seriously. In fact, you could paint a nice garden scene directly onto your walls. That way, you'll never need to see
2: real weeds again. Trust me. Right, Stella. We're two weeks ahead on this project. Time to pick out a couple of tracks Do you like. Pad the album out a little. You got anyone in mind?
1: I wish Ian was here.
2: Yeah, well, he's not. I'm your new producer, mm. and you're finally recording songs and making money. You ought to be grateful. Browden is a has-been. All he has left is recording audiobooks. Get over it and get to it. I've got a party to get to tonight.
1: Sorry, Joggy, I have a couple of songs. Uh, Killer Queen?
2: Get on with it, then.
1: Okay, Ian. Uh... Oh, Joggy. What do you want? Who wrote this one? Is it Freddy Mancurry?
2: Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just sing it.
1: Okay, but be warned. Whatever,
2: love. Recording.
1: She's a killer queen! Die, 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 what die, are you die! Doing? Just singing the song, Juggie. Yeah, well,
2: don't do it like that. Try the next one.
1: Okay, Ian. Uh, Juggie. Ready? I'm almost ready. Um, who sang this one, Juggie? Was it Albert Affleck?
2: Whatever. Who cares? Recording.
1: Killing him not softly with my song. Killing Cats. him not.
2: Look, I don't know what your game is tonight, Stella, but seriously, sort it out. Learn the words. I'm off to a party.
1: No. It didn't work. Where are you, Ian? They miss you. East Mid-Southwest Radio.
0: Holting you with hit after hit. And coming up now on East Mid-Southwest Radio, I set fire to the rain and watched it pour as it landed on these two over at Stargazing Live.
1: Raining again tonight then, Bundy? It's been raining an awful lot here at the observatory lately. Has it, dear?
0: You'll have to forgive me. I've been somewhat preoccupied of recent... Perhaps you'd be kind enough to bring me up to speed on what's been happening with your little show. You mean our little show, Bundy? Are you feeling all right? You look and sound a little different tonight. Uh, Yes, uh, perfectly fine, thank you, Ted. Simply marvellous. And tell me, dear, what is this giant trumpet thing before my eyes? You mean the
1: telescope, Bundy? The very instrument we use to map the night stars on our radio show?
0: Oh, how positively radiant, uh, Ted. And... Do we see many stars against the glorious night sky, dear?
1: Not really, Bundy. Unfortunately, it does tend to rain here an awful lot, so we don't get to see that much at all through the night's black clouds.
0: That is unfortunate, dear. I suppose it would make an already confusing format of a radio show about watching stars through a telescope somewhat redundant. Well, I
1: suppose you've had one or two adventures whilst waiting for the clouds to break, Bundy. Well, whoever do you suppose that is?
0: Um, I'm not sure. Perhaps we ordered a pizza and forgot about it, dear. I thought we'd ordered the mildest curry on the menu. Tell me, uh, Ted,
1: is there a back door out of here? Yes, of course, Bundy. You know that. It's just over there by the bookcase. Coming! Goodness me, it's all go today.
0: Good evening, gentlemen. I'm Ted. How can I help? Oh, uh, yeah. Hello, mate. Listen, sorry to bother your sketch, but me and Kev are looking for a rogue marple. Oh, yes. I heard earlier. Have you two come here to the observatory looking for your missing fictional character? Yeah, we've got the
1: other eight in a cupboard back at Matt's, but we're missing the ninth.
0: We heard she might be here masquerading as Bundy. Can we come in and have a look?
1: Well, it's funny you should say that. Bundy has been acting awfully peculiar tonight, haven't you, Bundy? B- Bundy? Bundy? Damn it, Kev. She's gone. Quick, back to the Cat bill well, this has been a strange episode. I'm sorry for all the disturbances tonight, listeners, and for the lack of Bundy, but at least the real Bundy. And I'm sorry for the night's gloomy rain preventing us from seeing any stars once again, listeners. I'm sorry, too, for those muffled knocking sounds. Hang on, something's still not right. Sounds like it's coming from the cupboard.
0: Oh! Bundy! What ever happened? Oh, God! Ted, I was setting up this afternoon for tonight's show when I got rumbled by that rogue Marple and stuffed in a cupboard.
1: Hmm, I have a strange sense of déjà vu about all of this. Are you alright? I think so, Ted. Are you? I am now, my friend. I'll get the kettle on. Hello, discount furniture and cheese?
0: Oh, good afternoon. My name's Mr Godwin. I'm looking to buy a new king-size bed, a chrome frame, Victorian features, with both head posts and foot posts. and... Hang on. Did you say discount furniture and cheese?
1: That's right, sir. High-quality home furniture at low, low prices. And the finest cheeses available this side of Normandy.
0: Isn't that a rather unusual combination of things to sell?
1: Not at all, sir. Who hasn't dreamed of celebrating their brand new kitchen table by tucking into 18 kilos of Wensleydale or enjoying a complete bathroom overhaul whilst feasting on 35 wheels of Camembert?
0: 35 wheels? Ah,
1: cheese is wholesale, sir.
0: But this is absurd. I mean, my wife is vegan and I only eat the occasional cheese on a burger when I'm out. I simply have no need for excess cheese.
1: Well, that's a rotten bit of luck, Mr Goodwin. We've got some fantastic combination deals running at the moment.
0: Uh, Mr Godwin, but how do you mean...
1: Here we are. 30% off all sofas and lounge furniture when you buy 120 packs of Dairy Lee.
0: Uh Uh-huh. What else?
1: Half a full kitchen and bathroom wear when you buy 19 kilos of Red Leicester or Edam.
0: But it's a bed I'm after.
1: Ah. Uh, Here you go, sir. You're in luck. Multiple savings on bed frames and mattresses.
0: I see. And what type of cheese do I have to purchase in ridiculous quantities in order to qualify for a discount? Brie. Now listen. I am interested in purchasing a new bed, but I simply do not wish to buy any cheese. Do you understand?
1: That is a shame, sir. Because I think I found the bed you're looking for. Oh really? King size, Victorian style nickel frame with ornate headposts and footposts, antique rounded finials,
0: sturdy base. Well, actually, that sounds ideal. Uh, nickel frame? Yes, that that could be nice. How much?
1: Eight hundred and fifty pounds, sir.
0: Look. I really don't want to ask this. I feel I'm going to have to, but I really don't want to. I'm
1: here to help, sir.
0: Does that price include any cheese discount? No, sir. I see.
1: But if you were to buy 16 bags of brie, I could let you have the bed frame for just £200. What? And I'll throw in four pillows, a quilt, covers, pillowcases and some soft furnishings too.
0: Utterly preposterous.
1: And two shabby chic white painted oak bedside tables with a set of matching night lights totalling a value of over £400.
0: This is getting ridiculous.
1: I can even give you a choice of a free mattress worth anything up to £600 store price to go with the new frame, sir. Are you
0: seriously telling me you'd sell me this bed frame alone for £850 but that if I was to purchase a plethora of unnecessary cheese, then you'd not only give me all those extra items for free, but you'd also reduce the bed price to a mere £200.
1: Not just any cheese, sir. Brie, but I can offer you a delivery option, where our men will deliver and assemble your new bed and take the old one away too, all for the low cost of five baby bells.
0: Hmm. Sixteen bags of brie, you say? That's right, sir. And how many brie wheels per bag? Nine. Nine. Totaling how much for all 16 bags?
1: Um, uh, £43.62, sir.
0: Are you serious? What do you mean? I mean, it's utter nonsense that you're offering me close to £2,000 worth of bedroom furniture for only £200 on the sole provision that I purchase £45 worth of unrequired cheese.
1: Freezer? And it's £43.62 pence after tax.
0: Alright, fine. I'll take the damn cheese deal.
1: I am sorry, sir. It's not quite that straightforward. I mean, you did say that you have no need for excess cheese, sir.
0: Well, I'll take it if it means I get my bed cheaper.
1: Well, you can't buy 144 wheels of brie just for the bed discount, sir. That is a waste of perfectly good cheese.
0: Hmm. What if I arranged a fondue party?
1: With 16 bags of brie? Everyone would think you'd lost your mind, sir. All right.
0: All right. What if I gave the cheese away as Christmas presents?
1: Oh, I can picture it right now, sir. 144 confused members of your family and friends, all unwrapping their brie wheels on Christmas morning whilst you wake up in your nice new heavily discounted bed. It's a cheese-based miracle, sir.
0: Fine. How about this? Do you like cheese?
1: Love it, sir.
0: Then how about you keep my cheese? I'll take the bed and all the furniture and furnishings at the heavily discounted rate, whilst you keep the cheese.
1: I couldn't possibly take all that, sir. Uh, that's far too generous.
0: Not at all, not at all. Now, could we move this along to payment? I am in something of a hurry. No, it
1: really is too much, sir. How about if I buy the cheese off you?
0: What? For how much? Uh. You're offering me £100 for 16 bags of completely unnecessary cheese, knowing fully well that I'm purchasing it from you right now for £45, and that I'm only doing so in order to qualify for some ridiculously substantial discount on new bedroom furniture.
1: It was £43.62, sir, but essentially that's what I'm saying, yes. I mean, £100 sounds fair to me.
0: Well, very well. Um, Can you just take the £100 off my bill when I pay?
1: Absolutely, sir. Oh, there is just one small outstanding issue. What is it? I'm afraid I'm lactose intolerant, sir.
0: What? But you said you love cheese.
1: Oh, I do, sir. Unfortunately, cheese really does not love like me. I see. In fact, 16 bags of brie would cause me to be quite considerably ill, sir. Perhaps even kill me. Would it? But like I say, this is only a small issue. At least you're getting a good saving today, sir, and that's what really counts. I'll just eat the brie, one piece at a time. It should only take me a few months if I'm careful with it, sir.
0: All right, fine. Listen, forget the cheese. Oh, that is kind, sir. Perhaps I will live a bit longer.
1: Do you want to just pay for the bread fame on its own with no additional furniture or furnishings for the full £850, then?
0: Well, yes, since there no longer seems to be any other option.
1: Just setting it up for you now, sir. When would you like delivery? We can offer next Thursday or Friday?
0: Better make it Friday. On Thursday morning, I'm having a new desk, desk chair and a half a ton of cream crackers delivered. Twizzles.
1: Chocolate. Now, with 108% less sugar. Morning. Just moved in next door and I was... Charlie? Jim,
0: when did you move
1: in? Last night. I, I had no idea you lived here. As your agent, Charlie, it's probably best to keep me up to date with your home address.
0: I'm sorry, Jim. I've only been here a month. And as you know, I've been really busy since single-handedly solving the creeping jazz murders. All the publishers want books about murder now. I'm just keen to get back to erotic fiction.
1: As I always say to you, Charlie, write about what you know.
0: Well, what can I do for you, Jim? Do you need a cup of sugar?
1: Well, just thought I'd say hello and, you know, get the gossip on my neighbours.
0: Oh, I can help you with that, Jim. I'm the neighbourhood watch You're in the neighbourhood watch? No. I am the neighbourhood watch. Just you? That's right, and my telescope. Probably
1: best to keep that quiet, Charlie.
0: It's for research, Jim.
1: Uh tell me about the close.
0: Let me start at the top of the road. Susan, lovely woman, lives on her own. Gay. Tony and Chris live at number two. Lovely blokes. Gay. Then there's Lizzie at number three. She's got a dog. Gay. And the dog? Gay. Why are you saying their sexual orientation, Charlie? I'm trying to give you the most information I have, Jim. It's amazing what people tell you on the street. Chris at number five always gets the goss. She's a great baker. She's always bringing little muffins round. Gay. Have
1: to say, Charlie, do most people on this coast predominantly identify as being gay?
0: Oh, not at all, Jim. You've moved into number six, and Cheryl lives at number seven. Okay. And she's bi.
1: Isn't it a little unusual to have such a large gay community in just
0: one close? Not at all, Jim. It's why I moved here. Is that because you're gay too, Charlie? Who told you that? Was it Tony? How dare he talk behind my back like that? The cheek of some people. My private life is my own business. Well, it's just died to rain, Charlie. Let's make a move. Hang on, Jim. Just one more question for the purposes of the Neighbourhood Watch Scheme.
1: Is it about my sexual orientation, Charlie?
0: You're right, it is starting to rain. I'll catch you later, Jim. You're through to Perkins, Perkins, Perkins. Perkins, Perkins, Perkins. Perkins, Perkins. Perkins, Perkins, Perkins. Perkins, Perkins, Perkins. Perkins, Perkins, Perkins and Fitzroy. Unfortunately, the office is now closed. We are open from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. If you'd like to leave a message for Mr Perkins, please press 1. If you'd like to leave a message for Mr Perkins, please press 2. To leave Mr Perkins a message, please press 3. If you'd like to leave a message for Mr Perkins, press 4. To message Mr Perkins, press 5. To leave a message for Mr Perkins, it's 6 Press 7 to leave a message for a random Perkins. For Mr Perkins' answer phone, please press 8. Press 9 if you'd like to leave a message for Mr Perkins. And for Mr Perkins, press 10. After that, I'll be honest, it can get a little inconsistent pending the various Perkins we have working here at the time. But if you'd like to leave a message for Mr Fitzroy, I'd suggest pressing 17. If you'd like to hear these options again... Please don't press anything. Thank you.
1: And I said to him, you don't know nothing. Crows always fly clockwise. Oh yeah? And what did he say to that? Only on the way there. On the way back, he reckons they're going in a different direction. He's got a point, Bob. There's no denying it. Crows can fly both ways. But my point is, is if they're on their way somewhere, they always use the clock as a measure of which way to go. Well,
0: why would they do that? Well, you tell me, how else would they be able to navigate the skies, Tom? I mean, I'm no expert, but there would be multiple sources of directional cues they could use to guide their journeys, Bob. I would hazard a guess they might use the Earth's magnetic field, star patterns, the sun, and possibly even the polarised light patterns of the sky.
1: People of Chernobyl, I, Duke Rendor have returned from the future to warn you. The nuclear reactor will explode in three days. Hello.
2: Hello.
0: Where
1: am I? Is this Chernobyl?
0: No, Lancashire. Oh, I don't suppose you could direct me to Chernobyl? I can get you to Pripyat if that's what you're after. It's pretty much a straight line once you're out of the country. Use the Channel Tunnel to get into France and head straight across Europe. Start with Germany, Poland, then Belarus. That's roughly 1,700 miles. Bus stops round the corner.
1: Thanks, mate, but I think I'll go and get my time travel device fixed. You don't often know some stuff, Tom. You've been listening to Cat Noir. This episode was written, performed, recorded and produced by Kevin Chilvers and Matt Sanders with editing by Gary the Trainee, sound engineer and the guest announcer was me. If you have been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode then please seek immediate medical attention or follow us on Instagram at Podcast. The Cat Noir Podcast is sponsored by zapsflat.com It's where we get nearly all of our sound effects from. Join us next time for more of this. And now, please welcome Matt to announce me announcing the announcing sketch. And now, Kev announcing Matt announcing Kev. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Matt's announcement.
0: And now, briefly, a mid-announcement announcement announcement from Kev.
1: I have an announcement to make at the previous announcement and... The announcement that is about to come.
0: And now back to our original announcement that we were previously about to announce.
1: Coming up next, another announcement.
0: I'm so sorry for the delay. I was too busy listening to the last announcement to announce the following announcements. Please stand by for the next announcement.
1: I'm so sorry. The announcements now seem to be in the wrong order. This is the announcement. Welcome to Cat Noir.